is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. And it's live and it's in color on Sportsnet's YouTube channel. Sportsnet's now. Listen to on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, iTunes, Spotify. We've got you covered for a busy Tuesday night in the National Hockey League. 13 games on schedule, including the Toronto Maple Leafs visiting UBS Arena to take on the New York Islanders. we got a great show for you. Butch Goring will be joining us in about 20 minutes to tee up that game. David Amber, host of Rogers Monday Night Hockey on Sportsnet. He had a good one last night with the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Ottawa Senators. Mm Mm-hmm where there was an unlikely hero named Dylan Ferguson. You remember that name? No, do you? Yes. Oh. He was one of like 16 goalies that Vegas went through a few years ago. Yeah. You remember all those I injuries? Do. yeah. I don't know if he actually played a game or not. I can't remember. He did. I, I know because he's played two games in the NHL, and his first was against McDavid, and his second was against Crosby. So... Decent uh, decent opponents to start. So his win comes at the expense of the Pittsburgh Penguins. In the second hour, we'll bring in Rob Rossi, senior writer uh, for The Athletic, based in Pittsburgh. Things are ugly in Pitt. Everyone, like all these teams on the cusp, Pittsburgh can't get a win. You know, the uh, who like a Winnipeg can't win. Flames can't win. Come on, someone take this thing. So we're glad everybody's on, on board here Mid. for the next few hours. Uh, Derek Brandeo, David Sisboomba, and, of course, uh, the star of the show, Sammy McKee, will Hello. be leaving us tomorrow. I know. I'll be honest, I haven't party? been yeah. 1% jealous, and today I am suddenly very jealous. What do you got Sam? going? Yeah, I'm uh, going to my good buddy Keegan's bachelor party for a few nights in Scottsdale, Arizona. Going to play some golf. Uh, I'm going to have a couple orange crushes probably, enjoy the sun, and just have a good time. I'm really looking forward <sighs> Phoenix, to it. buddy. Good okay, on. I got to get this out of the way because uh-oh. we usually don't talk before a show. Like, we no. could sit for an hour and a half. Yeah. You're Say eating nothing. a chocolate bar. <laughs> I'm putting. Yeah. And Sammy's stewing yeah. today. Yes. And we're going to get we're gonna get to the Islanders and the Leafs, but I don't know where this is coming from, Sammy, today out of you about the TTC and the mural of the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. And, like, seriously, this thing's Mad been around it. forever. Like, what is eating your shorts there, Gilbert Grape, on this? <laughs> so, last night I went to the Toronto Six game at Madame Arena. The old Maple Leaf Gardens had a blast. Toronto Six punched their ticket to the Isabel Cup final. Congratulations to them. And on my way home... I went to College Subway Station, and I saw the Habs mural there. And listen, it's not my first time in there. No. I've seen it a hundred times. I understand. It's insane that that exists. I, I really can't believe that since 1985, when the mural was por- uh, painted, we've just been okay with that. I, I can't imagine any other city in the world who loves their professional sports team like the Toronto fans love the Maple Leafs, would allow the rival's team painted, not like in a, you know, make fun of jokey manner where the Leafs are like bashing their heads in or something. Or like a hidden spot yeah, in the, the town. They're beautifully immortalized, if you will, like enshrined, if you will, <laughs> on the subway station closest to the old rink. It's mind-blowing to me. I honestly can't believe that that's allowed. 
Get rid of it. Paint over it. I couldn't agree more. Can you imagine? First off, it's a testament to the people of Toronto that that mural is intact. Because can you imagine what would happen to a Red Sox mural in the Bronx? Yes. Or, like, think of it. Like, you don't even have to go to that extreme. Like, what about Philly, the closest one? They're like, oh, let's put a picture of Sid up there. Yeah. It's (laughs) insane. Okay. My first thought listening to all of this is... Right. You need to get a life. (laughs) Okay. That's the first uh, one. A fair takeaway. Yeah. The first thought is like, oh, my God. I can't even believe (laughs) this is a conversation. My second thought is, is that it's based on the best rivalry in hockey. Okay. So the thought is Saturday nights you're getting off. And is it, is it the Leafs facing South and Montreal facing North? If they're, you they're have on, to know yeah, the details, they've messed up. No, it's it's on both sides, You're, right? It's the Habs one is on the northbound platform, and the yes, it's so I mean it's pretty apropos. At least going south, they yeah. are together. No, they're they're it's on opposite like sides. It's not. It's the same spot. Yeah, but it's a, it's the same stop. So you you it's okay. based on the rivalry. Okay, great. So let me okay go back to 1986. Habs good, Leafs stink, horrible team, one of the worst teams in the league. And you go down to Maple Leaf Gardens, you spend your hard-earned dollars, you go down there and you watch the Montreal Canadiens wax your favorite Toronto Maple Leafs, and you're going to go north up to the north of the city. I'm going to go hop on the subway. Oh, great. There's the team that just waxed my favorite team enshrined on the wall. Like, it's, you know, I, I, I'm urging the TTC to revoke your Presto card. No, no, no. no. Yeah, Sammy's right. Give Sammy's me a lifetime 100% pass. 100% no. right here. And this pe- is the type of thing that's like, you know, you're supposed to, you don't actually hate people from Montreal. That's not real, but it's sports hate. We're not supposed to celebrate their franchise in our city. Where's the celebration? The celebration is they're there. They're on the wall. They're so, painted. So then Lance Hornby, who works for Toronto Suns, worked there forever, does, he writes for them. And he, he sent me a tweet talking about what the, the history of it and that the, you know, the TTC initiated a project to have a mural done. And they wanted to have Habs and Leafs on opposite sides like it is today. And Harold Ballard said, absolutely no way are you using the Toronto Maple Leafs logo if the Habs are involved. And he was right. Hang on. He nailed it. Like everyone always says, Harold Harold Ballard had it right. Listen, he doesn't nail a lot of things. 47 uh, counts of fraud is right. (laughs) He was right on this one. I hate to say it. He was right. Why would you let... Like they're like you're gonna, squirrel you're, and a nut. Something gonna, about that. You're gonna paint the Toronto, like the Habs in my subway station closest to my rank where I live. Yeah. I gotta see that all the time. I'm sure he took the subway all the time, Harold Ballard. <laughs> yeah. But like it's just, anyways. I know we don't have to spend too much more time on this. It just drives me nuts. All right, glad we did that. Though. Just go down there with just a, a spray can paint and just <laughs> do your thing. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, it's Sam McKee after this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Behind bars. <laughs> this show would be thing of if legend. Anything, it would be admissible in court. If anything happens to that mural in the oh, next you're 24 so in the 48 hours, <laughs> this is coming, Trump inciting the riot. They're this coming is... <laughs> right at you, man. Right at you. It's true. Can if these someone words wait. be construed as having been provoking? If someone wants to get it off scot free, Oh, yeah. Today's the day. <laughs> Sign it with your Twitter handle. Real yeah. Kipper and Bourne Show, Season 2, Episode 114, Exhibit A. 
the best part is, Kipper, if they ever look for this episode, there's no way it's properly labeled. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, that's really good on your part. Oh, God. You just break down any number you want yeah. on our episodes. Oh, All right. That's not true. I keep track. Kinda. JB. Yes. Paint us a picture of tonight's game because mm-hmm. Leafs are going 12 and 6 tonight. 12 forwards, 6 defense. Well, they're going in against a New York Islander team at a crucial point in their season, coming off a West Coast swing where they got two wins. You know, some people say coming back off the road swing like that, teams can be a little vulnerable. First game back at home, it's a good thing. Uh, Brody being hurt is uh, the note of interest, I think, for defense. You got Brody, Shin, and Timmons all scratched along with uh, with Simmons. I think Brody's is just he blocked a shot. He's not 100%. Do we remember, do we remember anything significant? In the uh, Ottawa game? I don't really. But he's in the way a lot. He's in the way a lot. So he, he got hit by a hockey puck, and they're going to give him an extra day, which makes some sense. Yeah, and then 12 and 6. I'm on I'm on board with that. I like it. Hoping it's not the, la- the last time they were like uh, Brody's day today, and then he was out for three weeks with an oblique. So hoping the, they're being, hope they're being truthful this time. They sent Steve's down. So of the 12, who do we have as the extra? Oh, McMahon. McMahon in with Lafferty and Nylander. Okay. So I like that. All right. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe for our first Clippers. Kippers. Clippers. Rippers. <laughs> snippers. <laughs> of the day on the New York Islanders. They're just they're defending real well right now. Obviously, their goaltending we know is a real strength and foundation of their team. Gives them a chance to win every night. But just they're defending real hard and protecting the goaltender. So yeah, they, that makes them even harder to get to. Um, you know, it's a deep team that plays hard and structured. And obviously, they're you know they're uh, they're playing to keep themselves you know in, in their playoff spot. And they've been hanging on to that and playing good hockey. So. You know they're uh, a team that uh, traditionally in these spots they you know they really dial things in this time of the year and I think that's what you're seeing. They're just playing a very hard and structured and simple game. It's almost as if when Sheldon talks about another team, he's he's got the same script, but there's only just that empty uh, insert team here in, in, or insert compliment, and you can pick whichever one, but you know it's going to be yeah insert team insert compliment. You know the format. The only question I have about tonight's game is, does Engvall score two or three times in his revenge game against the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight? Sammy. Yes? One for sure. I, I'm i really looking forward to I'm just hoping somebody plows him. That's like someone hits him or someone tries to get in his face and he just does the classic thing that he He's always does. He's done a great job all these years of avoiding contact. I was going to say, I was gonna say what makes you can think you tonight's remember the night? him ever being hit hard? Honest to God, can you ever remember Pierre Engvall taking a big shot? No, no. I don't remember head. him throwing one or hitting it. In his, since he's gone to the Islanders. The neck is like a lifeguard chair. He can see everything from up there and he never gets hit. And since he's gone to the Islanders, he has, uh, in seven games, he has five points, which we talked about yesterday. It's nice, plus two. And I go over to the other stats. How many blo- uh, shot blocks do you think he has in nah, none. seven games? Zero. How many, hit, how many hits? Also none. Two. He's 6'5", 220. <laughs> get in the way. There is a, there was a part of me where I was really starting to accept him. Well, but yeah, that's the thing is, yeah, you're right, because he's never going to be different than <laughs> but this. But he I'm actually started <laughs> to show signs that... No, Kip, no, 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 what? No, I'm not, <laughs> I'm I'm not hearing this. <laughs> I'm, uh, like, we drove listen, this I'm, guy into town. I'm not hearing this. I now. am speaking... <laughs> this is like role reversal, Freaky Friday here. <laughs> right. But I started to accept him more of uh, a today's 2020. 23 player in the National Hockey League. And it's 
a lot of these guys, you can't light a fire underneath them. But the guy is six foot five, and he could skate, man. Hey, can you imagine having more tools at your disposal and doing less with them? Like, you did what you did for a career, it's, Nick, at six foot and yeah, 205 pounds. I, I know, pounds. but that's apples to oranges. And I just think that he... He could redundant. be a legit 15, 20 goal scorer. He's got 15 right area. now. Okay, so he'll hit 20 maybe. Maybe. So so that's that's a good thing. I know. He's, it's a good thing. I won't hear this. Let's <laughs> have a drink of water. I won't hear this. No. Yeah. Come on. This is. Come on. We crapped on this guy for his playoff stuff. I've been with stuff. this man for two years. And he doesn't have one this is too big a zag. Too big a zag. I can't handle the zag. I will not hear all this right, about Pierre Engvall. All right, all right, all right. We're zagging too I hard know. here. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but listen. I'm not he, overly he, surprised uh, that he's doing well there. He's effective. The one thing that's different with him is the Islanders badly need depth guys who do good things. And he does good things. His ice time since he's been there. I'm trying to look at what it was in Toronto, but he's always around 13 minutes per game. He's playing 1551, 1558, 1530. Like they're using him. Flex seal. Now, where do you have one of those? Yeah, he's scotch tape. He's the Islanders flex seal. He's a thumbtack. (laughs) Sticky stuff. Yeah, exactly. He's not Uh, quite the same. We're down to bobby pins Uh, now, I think. uh, uh, So I get it, but he's going to score tonight. Brace yourself for that. Oh, absolutely. Rip it in the net. Blow by Shen or someone they just acquired. No, Shen's not playing. Shen's not in. So. Shen's so, not in. So can I ask you about that? But su- him not being in? Yeah. You surprised that he's, you know, they're not they're not. I playing? feel like he's going through a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. with the newborn family in Vancouver. No, he just got, he got back in. He's not going back out. Uh, you think he's going home or back Is to he? Vancouver? I don't know. I would. <laughs> is he not i, I don't, don't know. know i hope that's not the case because you got to start really being around guys this is not not like a part-time job here you're that supposed to be, never remember anyway you're supposed to be around each other you're yeah. supposed to be getting together more bonding now than ever before yeah. to hit that stride in game one i hope that's not the case that guys are bouncing back and forth and Samsonov's back in. I don't think he's had his wife's had the baby yet, right? No, she has. She oh, has. Samsonov. She Samsonov. Oh, Samsonov. Yeah, Samsonov. Yeah, yeah. No, no, they're still waiting. Still waiting. God, they're asking about kids a lot. Like they were asking what the protocol is about them down there, and they're like, "Well, we." You know? I know those guys, and they'll let them do whatever they want to do in terms of being there and being around. I'm sure. So, but like, if he's mid game, oh yeah, dude, just throw Matt Marie in there, ice cold, season on the line. For him? They, they do it. Shen's out. Mark Giordano's in. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe on managing uh, his ice time, his minutes. It's more just us doing doing what we can to, to manage it. We have had to utilize him uh, more throughout the season, you know, he, just with the number of injuries that we've dealt with. And now we're in a spot where we're healthy and have more depth than ever. So I mean, we can just be smart with it, but not as we, we've talked about. It's not just him. We've we've talked to all, our entire decor about you know looking for opportunities for them uh, to to uh, stay involved and not have to sit for too long and, and get everybody in the mix, and, and at the same time ensure that they, like Brody's case here, that they don't have to play you know through anything at this point in time. Um, I think that's one of the luxuries that we have with with the fact that. You know, we've got certainly eight and even nine with Timmons here, a very capable NHL defenseman that can step in and, and we shouldn't miss a beat. I will say this, that 
he, he, it appears that he wants to try to create some internal competition here, right? Is that the sense that we're getting? I don't even know if creates the right word. Just it's there, you know, like there is, there is competition play well and be a part of this. Like, so Riley Gustafson is a pair pair tonight, not a placeholder and practice pair. Like, it seems like that's going to be what they're going to do, which is interesting to me that they, Okay, but the only thing I would say to that is that then you strike lightning here and they're great together. Then they're a pair. I know that's your top pair going into game one, but no then it's not. I'm sorry, but like, why else are you putting them together? To see if they can work together so you can not have them matched up against the other team's top players. Because you know that McCabe can play against their team's top players. You know that Brody can do it. And then you kind of manage their minutes and play them maybe in a more offensive sort of thing. But, like, you know, to, to Kip's point, I often think that, like, do you want to try something that, let's say it works, puts you in a bad spot long term? Like, I can't see the Leafs wanting Gustafson in their lineup as one of 6D while Shen's out or Brody's out or Geo's out. It's top four. Like you're either going against Braden Point and Kucherov or you're going to go against Stamkos, right? And and probably Kalorn or I don't know where Tanner uh, Janot falls in, but like those, that's that's a big assignment for Gustafson. You know, and they obviously think... Well, I'm, I shouldn't say they obviously think. I am curious to know what they think about the value of breaking the puck out. Like, he can make plays, right? He can... But, yeah. you know, we just saw them make moves Play. to go away from guys like that in favor of guys who could clear out the front of the All net. All I'm doing is I'm dumping it in his corner, and he's looking like Christmas dinner to me. Well, and they seem to want to go away from that. So is it right now still that they're like... We're outside of 10 games left. There's still a few more games to tinker and try some things and see what works. I got to think so, but I'm starting to get uncomfortable at uh, single-digit games left. Like, I I don't love McCabe Lilligren either. These pairs don't make sense to me. Geo Hall's fine. But, like, have we seen Riley McCabe for any stretch of time? Nope. I think that's just them thinking that it's too loaded. Too, too heavy, wor- like in terms yeah. of the, worried about the rest of it then? Just, yeah. Worry about the rest of it. Yes. Yeah. So from three to six. Boy, then you're... you can go Hall Brody behind it, and then you're left with, you know, Shen or. Yeah, I am, of you know, considering. Shen and Lilligren. Considering Keith has tried the janitor on the fourth line here in the last month, yeah. well, since the trade deadline. Right. I'm surprised they haven't thrown those two together, considering McCabe can play the offside too, right? Like, I don't know. Anyways. All right. All right. Uh, up front, Sheldon's comments on JT. What do we get out of that? Let's find out. Yeah, he just goes through his routine and and uh, stays consistent with it. I think that's really ultimately what what uh, works in terms of it coming back is just trust your trust your habits, trust your your abilities. Um, but I mean, we don't need to make a bigger deal of it than it is. I mean, we, like I said, uh, he's played lots with Mitch, and Mitch played lots with Bunce, and uh, you know, expect that line to to really get going. And obviously, hoping that the Matthews group that we put together here with Yarn Crook and and uh, Kerfoot can continue as well. So you know, all of that is good. And I think, uh, as we talked about Willie a little bit yesterday, but, you know, I think his game the other night in, in Ottawa, despite it being a back to back, was a step in the right direction. And if that continues, then that group will get going as well. The most interesting thing here is the top line, top line, is Kerfoot Matthews Yarncrock. 
Yeah. You know, this is like the old send Mitch to rescue the guy who's not playing well, well routine. That's and exactly what it is. Yeah. It, it, there's a real sense that he's not happy with Tavares or Nylander yeah. lately. For sure. I mean, they're, it's pretty clear. They, they're lying by, like, whatever expected goals and all that. They got filled in the well, last little bit here. They're turning the puck over. Mm-hmm. And to Keith's point on Willie, he's not hanging on to it. Like, he's just kind of throwing it away and hoping things are going to happen. So I've said for a long time on this show, I've seen Sidney Crosby play with, you know, a couple of donuts and figure it out. You know, like drive a line because he's that good. This is prime age Austin Matthews. He should be able to be a part of a dangerous line, even if it is Kerfoot and Yarncrock. I'm curious if he can. I'm curious if he can carry a line and still get value out of it. Okay, as we said uh, at the start of the show, we're going to bring in uh, four-time Stanley Cup winner Butch Goring. Does a terrific job on MSG Network uh, covering the New York Islanders. Uh, welcome aboard, Butch. How are you? I'm uh, well. Thanks, guys, for uh, for having me. It's always fun. Well, that's great. Um, let's just start with the Bo Horvat factor here, and, and what was it uh, that enabled? I think the Islanders to have some stability that you've seen throughout uh, his stay so far uh, going into tonight's game against the Leafs? Well, I, I think first and foremost, uh, it was Lula Murillo making that, that big move and bringing in a quality person and, uh, and a quality talent. I think just sort of woke the team up to, to say, hey, you know what, I still believe in you. You guys can still get the job done. We can still make the playoffs. So I think there was a, a uh, I don't want to say there was an adjustment in attitude, but it was just, I think, an awakening of what really was going on with this team and, and the, you know, the expectations for it. And then you bring in a guy like Bo, who is such a good hockey player, a goal scorer, 33 years in a row, I believe, scoring 30 or more goals. And he just does so many things. I mean, he's uh, he's on the power play. He kills penalties. He's good on the faceoffs. And, and now he's, uh, you know, until Barzell got hurt, uh, they had a legitimate first line with, you know, two guys with really top-end skills. So uh, he's been a godsend for, for this team for, on so many uh, ways. Well, thanks for joining us today, Butch. I, I did want to ask you about this team and, and not just – trying to sneak into playoffs is there any reason to believe that the way they're constructed would allow them a chance to you know really upset someone in the first round and maybe do more damage in that i i think there's a possibility hey listen uh, there's a couple teams uh you know in boston in particular that you know they, they've had an incredibly good year and that would be a tough matchup for anybody it seems so uh you know the way the islanders play is they're a is they've got a great goaltender i i think Top five and maybe even top three in the entire National Hockey League. I'll have a, a, a tremendous start to a, to a playoff series, and and they play a, a defensive brand of hockey. They're happy, and, can, and they don't feel the pressure of playing in one nothing games or two one. I mean, these guys just keep playing shift after shift, and nothing seems to uh, bother them. I mean, they remind me of what Al Arbor used to say: "I don't care if the roof falls in; you guys keep playing the same way." That's really their their mentality is they they know their game and they don't get frustrated with their game. They they don't expect to score five, six goals a night and and blow out teams. They expect to win 2-1, 3-2, and they're comfortable doing it. So when you have that kind of mentality, uh, I think you can beat anybody, you know, given the things getting the right way. And let me just add, if their power play ever wakes up, that would be a real bonus. Yes, indeed. Butch, (laughs) the name 
Pierre Engvall does, didn't get the hype of a Bo Horvat coming to the island, but what have you what have you seen out of him that uh, our producer Sammy never saw in the years he was a Toronto Maple Leaf? Well, you know, to be honest with you, uh, I saw him a couple times when he played with Toronto, and he he had good games against the Islanders. So when I heard he was coming, I I, I was happy because I, I really feel like he's uh, you know he can play in any one of the three lines and 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 be effective because he doesn't deviate really from his game. And so what I will say is the first game he played, he was very good, very noticeable. And then for the second and the third game, he disappeared, and I don't know why, but he did. And but then since then, he's back to his old self or the, or the self that I'm looking for. He's scored goals in three straight games. He he's, has an influence on the game. He's very noticeable, and he's playing with a lot more, it seems like a lot more confidence and a lot more energy. Yeah, what he's a talented so guy. Far, he just needs a whack good. from his yeah. coach in the years once every eight games, Butchie. Oh, well, then you know, I'm not in that position to do it, So, but uh, certainly Lane Lambert's got a bit of a temper, so maybe that's <laughs> what he did. That's great. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a good way to get the best out of him. You know, I did want to touch on something you just mentioned a moment ago is that power play. You look at the bottom quarter of the league, the only team in playoffs that's in the bottom quarter of the league in power play percentage is the Islanders. They're 30th in the NHL, 16.5% power play. Like if they were even league average, they would be, you know, far up the standings. What's the deal? Why, why does the power play struggle so much? You know what? That's the that's the twenty million dollar question. Right. Uh, you know they have they they certainly have enough talent. Maybe they wouldn't be the best power play in the league, but they certainly shouldn't be in the bottom third of the league. Thirtieth uh, is, is is an embarrassment, really, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, they just uh, they go through these periods of time where they struggle to get in. Uh, just with the entry, they turn it over a lot. And uh, and and for the most part, what I see is I don't see a lot of creativity with this power play. It's uh, it's very uh, very standstill kind of thing. Pass it around the outside, looking for the outside shot or throw it to the net, and hope Anders Lee or Zach Parise can deflect it. So it's not a very creative power play. And as a former penalty killer, uh, I don't see where they're a challenge to the penalty killers. I I think they're very predictable. And uh, when you become predictable, it's uh, these penalty killers today. They're such good skaters. They get in front of shots. They get their sticks there. Um, they, uh, they they do a heck of a job on, on the Islanders. So, um, but I agree with you 100%. If if they had uh, just a uh, you know middle of the pack, they wouldn't be fighting for a playoff spot. They'd be fighting for a position. Who they play in the first round? Butch, the the top six on the blue line for the New York Islanders. I, we we can go down rosters throughout the national hockey league and say, Oh, we no question who their number one defenseman is, but what is the pecking order? Who's the go-to guy on that blue line? <laughs> uh, well, it, it, you know, on most cases, most nights is Adam Pellick. He's, he's, he's the guy, the power of, of strength. And, uh, uh, Ryan Pollock has played extremely well in the, uh, in the second half. So he, he's been a good one. Uh, Roman, Romanoff has been really good in the second half also, so you've got three guys that are, you know, have picked their game up and are playing really well. Uh, Scott Mayfield uh, is is pretty steady out there. He's got long stick. He's strong. He's got some bite to his game and does a good job with the penalty kill. Uh, and uh, young Anaho has continued to get a little bit better. He's undersized, but he's a terrific skater. So he's finding his way. And 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 I don't think it's any secret. I mean, Noah Dobson has not had a great year. And. Uh, 
So that would be the only fly in the ointment for the Islanders right now, although he's picked this game up recently, and that's good news. But uh, they don't have, you know, they Pelik and Bullock used to play together all the time, and that was kind of the number one pair. But uh, Coach Lambert decided to make a change, and uh, he's sort of balanced things off through the, uh, through the six of them. Uh, which it seems to have worked out really well. It seems to have just given the, the, the defense a little more balance and, uh, in different areas. Does Lou have it right with valuing older veteran guys, you think, you know, compared to the rest of the league? I, I look at guys like Zach Parisi or, you know, Peugeot, Palmieri, some of these guys that, um, you know, very good players and have had great careers. Some some player teams may think they're, you know, past their best before day, but Lou seems to really put a lot of pride in these guys who've been through it and they're mature professional guys. He gets the uh, the most out of them. There's no question about that. I mean, Zach Parise is one of the best forwards we have. I mean, uh, you talk about uh, 18 seasons and 1,100 games, I believe he's got, and over 400 goals. And and he he looks the same thing almost from the day he started playing and when he was a, when he was an 18, 19 year old. I mean, nobody works harder, nobody competes harder, and nobody is more consistent. So. Uh, I don't know what Lou sees in these guys, but he's got some magic because uh, they, they, the, the veterans on this team have played have played very, very well. And uh, like I said, if it wasn't for some of the injuries and the, and the, and the power play, this, this people would be looking at this team with a little different perspective. We're talking to Butch Goring, four-time Stanley Cup win, win, uh, winner and uh, broadcaster with MSG. Hey, but you've been around this team a very long time and you've seen players come and go, including some from your dynasty that uh, got traded off and then returned. Where does John Tavares coming back as a Toronto Maple Leaf time and time again rank when it comes to the drawing emotion from New York Islander fans? Yeah, well, I, he might be number one. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's what I figured. And, and uh, you know, and just the way things, I think, worked out and uh, uh, with him, apparently, and I don't know this for a fact, I've never heard this, but, you know, him saying he didn't, he wanted to stay in on Long Island and become an Islander, and I don't know if that was is true or not, but that's was out there. And and so that irated the fans. Uh, obviously, losing John and and uh, not getting anything in return, uh, you know, was a was a tough a tough deal for for the hockey team and the organization. So, um, so I guess there's a lot of reasons you can uh, dislike uh, John Tavares. I mean, the only thing I will say is he was a great player when he was here, and I have nothing but respect for the way he played. But uh, would I like him to see, stay in on the island? Yes, but. You know what? That's why you got a thing called the free agency, and you can do whatever you please. And who could blame anybody for wanting to play in their hometown? Yeah, that's uh, fair enough, Butch. I, I was hoping to get your thoughts on a couple of teams in the playoff race with the Islanders. They're uh, you know in tight. You know, coming down the stretch here, the Pittsburgh Penguins lose a big one last night. The Panthers are kind of climbing up. What are your thoughts on the Penguins and the Panthers, and uh, which of those teams maybe would concern you a little bit more? 
Uh, they both concern me. They're they're two really good hockey teams, and and uh, I know as an Islander fan, I'm 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 thankful that Pittsburgh has been struggling as of late because they they had a little bit of a lead and they had games in hand, and and they uh, uh, two weeks ago they looked like they were going to be a shoe in, uh, so they have uh, they have struggled, and and Florida, you know, I've been kind of waiting for them all year. I mean, last year they finished first overall, and I've been waiting for them to uh, you know sort of come alive and find that that ability that they had last year and it seems like maybe they're starting to slowly capture it um so both those teams are are, are very capable to win games i mean anytime you got Sidney cosby on your hockey team uh, you know that uh you know he's he's missed the playoffs once and that was in his first year i believe so uh you know what kind of a competitor he is and what kind of leadership he brings in that dressing room so um they're going to fight right to the right to the bitter end so the islanders they've uh, been playing really good hockey and they've just got to continue to do that. And, you know, the old cliche, you just got to take care of your own business. And if you do that, well, then you got a pretty good chance. Sorokin's made a name for himself when it's when people regard him as one of the better goalies uh, in, in the league. What kind of what kind of player are we, uh, the Leafs going to face tonight in net? And where is his game right now? His game has been remarkably consistent, and he's a guy that can win the, win a game on, on his own. I mean, he leads the league, I think, in shutouts. And um, you know, if if he was playing with the Boston Bruins, he'd he'd, he'd be an absolute sense for the Vezina, as as Allmark is uh, right at this point in time. But um, Sorokin uh, should should get votes as a Vezina uh, Trophy winner just because he's been that good. I mean. Uh, uh, his record isn't as good uh, simply because his team hasn't been as good as it needed to be uh, at, at different times. But, uh, you know, making the playoffs uh, and a chance to win a playoff series, if you got a goaltender like Sorokin, you have a chance. Hey, Butch, really appreciate your time. Have a great call tonight. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Be well. Thanks, Butch. Butch Goring on the New York Islanders. Uh, you know that market well. Yeah. Grew up in it. Uh, they're going to kind of take their foot off the gas pedal a little bit on, on JT. On JT. No, no. not yet. Tell them to absolute metal, boy. It, no it has to be like a Vince Carter thing, boy. like 10 years after his career. Which I don't agree with. It's still wrong that people are like, he's okay. The man said he stopped. Are dunking. Raptor fans that tough on Carter every oh time he came God. in? Oh, my God. Yeah, kid. All right. And okay, I still, I mean, and listen, I hate I his guts. Though. I didn't watch Boom, over the years man. well enough on that. It probably comes down to what kind of person you are. You know, I'm a little bit more forgiving person than it sounds like Sammy is. Well, I mean, John Tavares didn't go in the media and say he was going to quit dunking. And, you know. Play uh, what? He said, like. Vince Dude, Cal- Carter said he was going to quit dunking? Yes. He said he was because his hand was, he was going to stop dunking when he was playing for the Raptors. And then he traded and then his first, he went over and dunked all the time for New Jersey. And he quit on the team. <laughs> the man quit on the Toronto Raptors. And everyone's like, oh, he's fine. He well, just. There was no statue for him. Oh, he's just misunderstood. Yeah. It's, it's, he was a young man. It's like, boo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, this, the Engvall thing, everyone's talking about, oh, you know, it's, it's going to get a goal tonight or whatever. I would be way more offended if he threw like a big hit or blocked a big shot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, that, would, right. that would burn me just 10 a, times more. A head first diving oh, shot yeah, block yeah, on yeah. the PK. Yeah, what the hell was or, that? Uh, our Sportsnet uh, YouTube poll. Mm. What do we have? We have almost 400 votes already. On and if, if he scores tonight? Yeah, 55% say yes, he will score. 
I I just think they're scorned because every former guy, like, the least made it out unscathed against Colorado when Evgeny Malgin, <laughs> a.k.a. Dennis Malgin, who is now, I, I just got this sent to me, um, Jared Bednar talking about the confidence in Dennis Malgin. Yeah. I think he wants the top line minutes. I think he's a guy that likes to be playing and make plays. He's gone from the fourth line to the third line to the second line. And last night, he was on the first line. He also went on to compliment his defensive play. <laughs> the Mulligan. Mulligan. Like, could he just go to another team and just sock oh, and no, be gone? No, no. Yeah, go to Davos. Hey, he just hey. go and be once, gone. <laughs> once Kyle resigns in Toronto, he's coming back for a third time. Listen, this man. I would not rule that out for a second. I can't. He yeah, he's going to pay more. 1.1 million, though. That's he's got to pay more. No, no, that's going to have to pay more now. Yeah. Because he's lighting it up there. <laughs> But, like, it must burn him so hard that his son yeah. couldn't figure it I out here. he wants the top line. Min- oh, whoa, that was, was that me? <laughs> yeah, it was you. <laughs> I'm here in the, the instant loop. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Here we go. Malgan's lighting it up, and uh, Engvall's going to just blow up Matthews tonight. Oh, you know how many Dennis Malgans I've had in my career? <laughs> there we go. That there is an awesome go. drop in there, Monte. Yeah. There we go. So one guy who is not uh, filling the net. Like Mulligan is Willie Nylander and didn't stop his head coach from really talking about what he wants to see out of him the other day here. How how do you think he responds? Tonight he's playing with third line. Yeah, it's Lafferty and... Lafferty and... um, McMahon. McMahon. Yeah. How, how does he well, respond? Well, Matthews got yarn foot, yarn hey. foot in the yeah. crock. Like with all, with all due respect, <laughs> with all due respect, those those two guys he's playing with ain't helping him get to forty goals. Uh no. Well, no. You're right. That's more of a grunt line, no doubt. It's grunty. They're gonna need him to shoot it in. I'm asking you, how is he gonna respond tonight? Piss and vinegar. I mean, he's never had been full of those things on any given night. But, you know, if he can, you just want him engaged, right? You just want him to be he's a gone, part he's of gone, it right? and be going. So, you know, those guys he's with tonight, good skaters both. They both get in after the puck. They both get it. If he can have the puck, you know, we've talked about there's not enough puck to go around when you have a bunch of superstars on the line. Well, Willie, have it all night long, pal. It's yours. You know who's got a better chance of scoring than Engvall? Is it me? No, McMahon. I think so. You calling your shot here, Kipper, tonight? McMahon first He's career goal? I'm betting McMahon so tonight. Overdue. He is. Oh, so he was good. on that two on one with Willie last game yes, where he got a good look at it. Looks. He scores eighteen and eighteen in the AHL and he gets that look from Willie and it doesn't go in. He's got to be like, come on. It, it handcuffed him like it a little millimeter. Yeah, Just had to yeah, bring the hands a in a little bit. Close. close. Yeah. Now all he needs I'm, is I'm betting uh, Bobby tonight uh, and Pierre. Uh, all oh he needs ten is bucks on each. Parlay? Right. <laughs> now you got Willie, who's arguably the Leafs' second best playmaker. Yeah. Come on. Should happen tonight. Tonight's Bobby's night. You heard it here. I think, yeah, I do like the idea of having Marner, Matthews, and Nylander on three separate lines. I, it's, it like, would create some matchup issues for some team. I think some once, team. I think once, um, uh, oh my God, Ryan O'Reilly question. comes back. That you could do Willie with him and maybe Lafferty or Achari or whatever you want to do with that. Willie with O'Reilly? Yeah, maybe. Third On line? a third line? Yeah. Bill, Bill O'Reilly? Heard that name before. I yeah. just, listen, a third line 
checks the crap out of you. A third line doesn't have a guy yeah, but who blows the zone for looking for a breakaway. But third line not, can do whatever you want it to do. But they're but they're using no no you can't it doesn't have no. to check no you do no you don't but they're using you do Camp Achari and Zach Aston Reese and all the big defensive spots so they're going to use that as their pseudo matchup line historically third lines have been pivotal in the Stanley Cup playoffs for sure because they frustrate other teams come through with big goals yes oh, yeah but frustrate other teams. Not your own coach. Okay, so Willie's, no. on, Willie's on the fourth line then. He's on the fourth line. <laughs> well, that's line. it. It's semantics yeah. to me. It's like you need good lines. Is that a good line? Okay, we've solved nothing. No. Nothing. Zero. David Amber is going to settle all of this for us. Help us solve nothing. Host of Rogers Monday Night Hockey on Sportsnet. We'll get into his game last night plus so much more. You're watching and listening to The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Oh, you do? <laughs> I actually work quite a bit, just not on All right. television. Is my next guest ready? All right. We all know what Howard Cosell did all those years for ABC on Monday nights with football. Yeah. Well, this man's doing the same for Sportsnet on Monday nights. Right. Been a staple for since I started working here. Right. <laughs> What are we doing here? So let's bring in the man, the myth, the legend, David Amber. Oh, man. I preferred it when you didn't know what night I was on. You hadn't seen me on TV before. You weren't sure who I was. But I'm locked in. you doing the Howard Cosell bit on me? Come on, Kipper. You're killing me. Listen, Thursdays, we know it was Cheers, Friends, Seinfeld. (laughs) Mondays, we know it's you. Well, we're, we're gaining some traction. No, um, yeah, come on. Last know, night, buddy, you had me all night watching Pitt, Ottawa, and Dylan Ferguson get the job done. Now, I know it's house money now for a guy like that, but what he did was still fairly impressive. It was amazing. I love those stories. Even if he didn't, you know, have, the, the, you know, a 48 save, uh, first ever start in the NHL, you know, basically a, a, a huge win for Ottawa and a tough loss for Pittsburgh. Even if it wasn't under those circumstances, I just love a guy who gets drafted 100 and whatever it was, 97th overall. He's on his fourth NHL club. You know, he's been up and down through the AHL, ECHL. As he said, post game to Kyle Bukowski, he said, um, you know, this whole year, I've had 48 games on a PTO. I mean, think about that. This guy's just trying literally to, to get any opportunity to showcase what he can do. And in that setting, on that stage, to walk in and, you know, deal with Hall of Famers, Malkin, Crosby, Latang, and put on the performance he did, it's, it's just such a great story. I loved it. It was, it was really yeah. cool. Like, every now and again, we do something in sports, guys, and we're following a storyline, and it's just it's a very cool human interest story. And last night was one of those stories, courtesy of Dylan Ferguson. 
at the same time, DA, I heard that and I was like, 48 games on a PTO. Like, that's not right. <laughs> it doesn't seem very fair to me. Seems like a pretty good goalie. Yeah, well, he was just with the Leafs organization a month ago, wasn't he? Like, isn't this? That was the last thing I read about him was he was uh, drafted by Dallas. He went to Vegas. He was uh, an emergency fill-in for nine game, for, for nine minutes uh, for Vegas one game. That's his only NHL appearance previous to last night. And then he was, uh, I think he somehow meandered from the LEAP organization to the Senator organization. And, and literally, he's just been bouncing around in the AHL and East AHL. So it's really, really cool. Yeah. And, you know, you get to see he was so focused last night. And, you know, it was funny. Anson Carter said last night, uh, or maybe Keith said, Oh, this could be the next Hamburglar. And we were like 40 minutes into his NHL career at that point. It would be a great storyline if he can continue. I don't know if he's starting tonight. You know, they're now into Boston. I mean, you go from the fire into the inferno. But um, I don't know if he's getting a, a back-to-back start after a 48-save performance. But just on the adrenaline alone, I mean, if I'm DJ Smith, I certainly consider it. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, DA, it was kind of a foregone conclusion before Christmas that Playoffs, NHL playoffs include Crosby and Ovechkin. And now yeah. there's a real possibility that that won't be the case. And I know I know what you're like working with you all these years, man. You like your stars on on the big stage. But yeah. how surprised are you that Pittsburgh and Washington are now in this position? Well, you know what? If you'd ask at the start of the year, is it conceivable that one of those two teams and maybe even both don't make the playoffs? I might have said, yeah, I could, I could see that happening because you have these up-and-coming teams, whether it's the Senators or the Sabres, et cetera. But if you ask me, you know, six weeks ago, based on where Washington was in the standings and where Pittsburgh was, I would have said, no, of course, at least one of them and probably both of them will make the postseason. So this is a, this is a huge shock. You know, Pittsburgh's consistency has been one of the great storylines in all of sports. I mean, no North American pro sports team has a longer stretch of consecutive playoff appearances currently than 16 straight by Pittsburgh. I mean, think about that. I know they have the three Stanley Cups, but it's also they find a way to get into the postseason essentially almost every year of Sidney Crosby's career. So the idea of them not being there, it, it is a bit shocking. And Washington, it's really, I think it's been just so many injuries for them, right? And and maybe this is a bit of a turning over on that roster when you, you think about Nick Backstrom, you think about the injury to John Carlson, even OV, who's never missing games, has missed you know a series of games uh, with his father's passing away and, and with a lower body injury more recently. So maybe there's a bit of a, a changing of the guard, and you see these, these teams like New Jersey, uh, you know, you see these teams on the rise, these burgeoning teams that are, are ready to sort of say, well, it's our turn to have some fun now. So it is a, it's great. You have stars. You'll have stars, but you might not have Crosby. You might have Jack Hughes. So maybe you're just changing one one star for another star. Yeah. Uh, you know, I with no stars or you know different stars uh, in there, I know another thing that you like to keep tabs on is our Canadian clubs. Boy, Winnipeg's trying to give it away. The Flames keep tripping over their own shoelaces. Like Ottawa had a moment, but then fell fell behind. You okay? What are your thoughts on these Canadian teams? Who's going to get in? Oh man! Well, now you're depressing them. I know. Yeah, Sorry, pal. Come on. Didn't we talk about this? I, I told my therapist said we shouldn't talk about it. Right? Like, <laughs> stay away from the subject matter. Yeah, listen, you. I work with you, Borny, on a lot of Tuesdays, and you, you were sitting there, and I'm like, oh my god. It's been a bit of a snail's race, right? In yeah. both conferences, it really has been. I mean, in the last, what, 
three weeks, aside from the Florida Panthers, has any team in the Eastern Conference on that bubble impressed you guys? I mean, it's been one loss after another. Like, no team has kind of risen up and said, we need to take this, you know, and run with it. The Islanders have been good. They haven't been great. They've been good. Yeah. And everyone else has just been meandering along. It's been really, it's been weird to see in a way. Um, Yeah, you know what, listen, uh, Toronto and Edmonton, two Stanley Cup contenders will have to sort of carry the mantle. And and I do believe if Winnipeg gets in, and you can probably say this for Calgary too, because if Calgary gets in, that means they're going to have to finish the season like 10-1. and So think about that. If if Calgary gets in, clearly they're going to be with a lot of momentum. Markstrom will be playing great. And if Winnipeg gets in, I do think with the makeup they have, and we saw what they can do, certainly for the first, you know, 50 games of the season – they will be a top out. And I do think the West is wide open. Uh, Colorado's looking amazing right now, guys. But I'm, I'm really interested to see, um, you know, how the West is going to be won. Because you look at these teams, and they're all so closely stacked. And in any seven-game series, and we even saw this last year, Dallas getting knocked out by Calgary, Game 7 overtime. L.A. getting knocked out by Edmonton, Game 7, right? Like, it, it, it's a very, very tight conference. So I do have some hopes for the, and aspirations for the Canadian teams, but there's certainly not as, as many teams in the you know, playoff race um, that we'd like. You know, it's, it, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit hard to, to put my head around it. If you're asking me who's the most disappointing team this year, it's, I'd easily say it's Calgary. It just has to be. You know, a team that I thought might have been even better than last year's team, but it just hasn't worked out in any fashion. Oh, man, it didn't, it didn't work out last night. They got absolutely spanked. In L.A., which suggests that uh, um, there's some issues going on there, and it's just not Markstrom uh, underachieving. No, and I heard you on, I think it was on yesterday's show, where you, you reflected on what Kadri getting 13 minutes, right? And then, and then uh, Borney said, yeah, you know, it's, it seems like every single week and every single day, someone's in Daryl Sutter's doghouse. And I respect the fact that he doesn't play favorites, everyone's held accountable. But it just seems like it's a miserable environment right now. Um, and it's hard maybe to play like that. I mean, you guys can speak to that more than I can, but it's hard maybe to go to the rink. And I know winning cures a lot of that, but you want to have some upbeat, you want to have some optimism, right? And it just feels like it's real, a dark cloud is just falling around the Calgary Flames uh, pretty much since the start of the season. And this whole notion of, you know, oh, well, the Flames are still in it. Yes, mathematically they are. But I said this last time I was on your show, they haven't won more than three games in a row all season. Yeah. So you're asking them now to somehow close out their season 9-2, and 10-1, and one, whatever it's going to take to make the playoffs. That's a tall order for a team that hasn't found any sort of rhythm in their game since the start of the season. So, um, you know, I, I don't have high hopes that Calgary's going to do it. And I imagine there's going to be a lot of figuring out. I don't think they're necessarily going to blow the whole thing up. Um, you know, we talked about this when I was on your show one of the times about how much is too much, and that was one of the concerns with the Maple Leafs, right? They added, what, six new players? That's a third of their roster? Like, is that too much? How's the chemistry, et cetera, et cetera? And that's sort of what seems like happened in Calgary. They lost their way somehow with Goudreau leaving and Kachuk leaving, and you, you added some very good players, skilled players, and it just hasn't fit in. It's been like round pegs and square holes or whatever the case may be. It just does not... The chemistry just hasn't been there, and it's been hard to see, you know, what's happened in that franchise so far this year. 
Diego, one of the uh, the last times we worked together, uh, we were discussing Tampa Bay's defense, you may recall, and we, we have texted 38 times since and almost came to blows that night. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to get your sense for where you think the Leafs are at in terms of oh, their, their chances. I mean, I know we're, we're trying to stay generally positive, but Tampa seems to have taken a little bit of a step back. Do you believe that they're, they're, they're vulnerable to this Maple Leafs team? I would say I like the makeup of the Leafs team better than a year ago, more than I would say, oh, Tampa is vulnerable. In other words, I'm just not prepared to, like, sleep on a team that's proven every time we've doubted them, you know, they, they find a way. You know, what they put together in the last, you know, four years has been incredible. And I can't – we can't diminish that. We can't, we can't sort of just say, well, they're sliding – you know, I'm not saying they're doing a rope-a-dope right now, but they certainly just appear like a team, you know, whether it's a lack of motivation. I think they see their seeding. What, what is the motivation for them to go out every night and go crazy to win games? I'm not saying they're not trying to win games, but um, and there could be definitely some fatigue. Because I know that's a, that's a really popular narrative right now, that the team is burnt out when you play 100-plus games, and et cetera. You're playing these incredible string of playoff games. I get that. Um, I'm not as worried about Tampa, maybe, and I know you said their defense looked a little shady to you and, and, and thin, up, uh, you know, thin on the blue line. I'm more just impressed by the Leafs, how they were able to, in some respects, change their pushback level, change their identity to some level, and, and look like a team much more ready to go into the trenches. Game seven against Tampa wasn't one based on Kucherov or or Stamkos or Hedman. It was one, essentially, Nick Paul scoring two goals and, and them grinding out uh, the game, right? Like, and I think the Leafs now are, are more prepared to grind out a Game 7 type of game if it comes down to that with Tampa. So I, I do have a, a great level of optimism about this front that you missed here. We're talking to David Amber, host of Rogers Monday Night Hockey on Sportsnet. Uh, regardless if Toronto or Tampa advance, I mean, are we going to see... Any type of hiccup down the stretch here still out of the Boston Bruins, or is it just a foregone conclusion that they're going to go into the playoffs historically one of the best teams? Yeah, you know what, Kipper? I mean, you guys have talked about this a lot on your show. That I don't see a weakness on that team. Maybe the one weakness is they will not have faced really any adversity this season, the, the, the adversity they faced was at the start of the year. McAvoy was out and Marchand was out. And I think maybe Krejci was out. I can't even remember. They had a few significant injuries to start the season. That didn't face them at all. And they've just been carrying that momentum through. You know, they've clinched the playoff spot, what, two weeks ago now? So, and they've basically, you know, they've known they're going to be the top spot in the NHL for some time. So I'm just wondering, is, is that going to be an issue? Uh, where you have other teams, you know, jockeying for home ice advantage. You know, you have the New York Rangers fighting tooth and nail right now to try and get into the number two slot. You know, is that going to be a situation where teams are playing really meaningful, hard hockey at the end of the year in Boston as resting guys at this point? I wonder. That's the only – and I'm just – I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just wondering if that's going to be an issue. The way it was an issue for Tampa Bay when they had that 128-point season and then they got swept by Columbus, right? It just felt like they – were on cruise control for a long time and then it was like okay let's ratchet it up it's playoff time and they weren't able to ratchet it up um so i don't know i listen boston looks great um but you know history says history says what i think only a handful of times in the last 10 years as the team with the best record won 
you know, the, the Stanley Cup. I mean, Florida had 122 points last year, and they, they, they didn't last very long in the playoffs, right? So, you know, Boston looks like a very solid team, but I think there's incredible parity in the league this year. Nick, your, your, your Cup team was a, a President's Trophy winning team, I believe, right, in 94? Yes. Yeah, I mean, did you feel like, but you had some adversity. Like, you guys added some players at the trade deadline. Like, there was a little bit of, and you had Mike Keenan there, oh, like, yeah. making sure, you know. You, yeah, you he hated our, he, he, he hated our regular season team, even though we were in first overall. <laughs> <laughs> Tough crowd. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. This, to me, this is what's going to make this tournament, and we'll call it a tournament, but the Stanley Cup playoffs are going to be exceptional. The first round is going to be, I mean, our minds are going to be blown, I imagine. I mean, there, there are, to me at least, I don't know how you guys feel, but if, there's 10 teams that if they won the Stanley Cup, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked, right? Like, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be, you know, like blown away if it's, you know, even like a team like L.A., as much as they sleep and they're under the radar and no one really talks about them, I mean, they have the best record, I think, over the last six weeks of the season or something. Yeah, New so, Jersey, Vegas, there's a lot of teams you'd be like, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I mean, Edmonton is 19-5-5 five and five in their last 29 games. I know they're a flawed team. I know they're going to go into the playoffs with Stuart Skinner, an unproven guy with no playoff experience as a goalie. I get all that. But at the end of the day, Ekholm was still the huge void for them. And they have the oh, he was good players, last arguably. night, too. Yeah, just yeah. Too oh, my God. Yeah. He was stopped in on that, like, slap shot from eight years. Oh. It's fantastic. <laughs> Playing from your tee boxes, DA. That shot. Yeah, that's where, that's where I need. That's where I need to be hitting the uh, tee box hey. on, right? I want one up from the red. Wherever the red is, yes. I want one in front of that. For I'm sure. With Kipper, he knows. Hey, so. th- JB, did I ever tell you the time uh, I jimmied the water fountain in the CBC building? We had a makeup room. No. Well, we had a water fountain in the dress in, yeah. in, in the makeup room, yeah. like uh, any any water fountain you'd find at a high school hallway. Yeah, but I could jimmy it so when someone goes to get a drink, it comes out like a fire hose. <laughs> you get DA pre-show or what? Well, buddy, he he looked like he just got electrocuted. <laughs> God, yeah, Kip, you have to when you work with Kipper, you have to be on high alert. <laughs> thing where I'm just sitting there, I'm watching the games, I'm listening, you know, minding, I think I'm eating popcorn, minding my own business. Comes up right behind me and, and smashes a paper bag, right? You know, like a bomb going off. I jumped about. I jumped about four feet in the air, and Elliot's taping the whole thing. I'll find it. I'll send it to you, JB. You're getting bullied. Oh, yeah. You're getting bullied. I'm not surprised to hear this. You're getting bullied by Kipper. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we had some good laughs. Yeah, for sure. we That's, sure uh, did. Hey, uh, sure, DA. Sure keep yeah. Great, great stuff today. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Enjoy the game. All too. right, he is David Thanks, Amber of Monday Night Fame on Sportsnet. Um, do you want to before we go to break just get uh, Sheldon Keefe on playing good teams yeah, down the stretch? That's a, a worthwhile. They're they're going to see one tonight, I think for sure. All right. Yeah, yeah, the opponents demand it. You know, we've played a lot of good hockey teams here of late, uh, whether it's teams that are firmly in but are at the top of the league and have, you know, a lot of elite players that keep you on your toes or teams like, you know, an Ottawa team the other night that's that's desperate uh, and fighting for their lives. And then you got a team here at the Islanders that have, you know, really done a good job of putting themselves in a good position, and obviously they want to hang on to that. So uh, another another important, uh, you know, tough road trip here for us in terms of the volume of games, the quality competition, all that. So you want to get off to a good start to it. And it's, and David, 
Amber just talked about it moments ago. Like it's it's unpredictable here because we're seeing some teams limp. Mm-hmm. We're seeing some guys that should show up that don't. Like Calgary. Like is there a bigger game of their season than last night to go and push Winnipeg? Also, and yeah, nothing. Well, and that's that. It's not just losing. It's losing like that. Like. It just looks like something's wrong, right? You know, today is they play again tonight. I think in yeah, Anaheim. Anaheim. But like you need that one tonight. Like, you shouldn't use an excuse like you're fatigued or tired. Like that shouldn't come into it's play. Not like the other team hasn't played seventy games this year. You know. So you got to think that the Islanders are a very desperate team tonight. You got to think that it's yeah. just a foregone conclusion. Hey, at the end of the day, they just may not have the game breakers to keep up with Matthews and Marner and Nylander tonight, but yeah. they should be able to, at the end of the night, you should be able to go, hey, listen, they 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 fell short. They're just not, there's something not there, but effort-wise and yeah. focus and all of that should should not be an issue. What I like about it for the Leafs, like I, I think it's important to play some good teams down the stretch, teams that are really giving you their best efforts. You're going to get that from the Isles tonight. But what I like about it is the Isles protect the middle pretty well. You know, they got, you know, he mentioned Pellick and Pollock yeah. and, um, you know, Dobson, he said, hasn't had a great year. But, um, you know, they got a number of D-men that really do defend well and they're going to make it a challenge to get to the inside. That to me is the defining thing with this group of Toronto Maple Leafs is when it gets hard to get to the front of the net, do you have people who get there anyway? In the past, the answer has been no. You know, maybe tonight is not the be-all, end-all for proving it, but we're getting to that time of year where it's prove-it time. And I know you guys will call me super fan Sammy for saying this take, but it's one I believe in, that the Leafs don't get a lot of off nights in terms of teams' efforts. I agree with that. The Leafs are a marquee franchise in the NHL. Yeah, of, the most covered team. Most covered team. Yeah, at like, times the most hated. The, oh, oh, at times, I would say the most loved and most hated at the yeah. exact same time. They yes. hate us because they ain't us. Correct. <laughs> but I think, I I do think that the Leafs have to play a lot more high-intensity games than a lot of teams do. Yeah, I, I, I don't know I, if that's nuts. But no, it, no, I no. Truly I, listen, that, San Jose gets some sleepier teams over the yes. course of a season. Yeah, like the Leafs have to, you know. I don't think Ottawa is playing the way they did on Saturday night if they're playing, you know, the, the I don't know who. I just think a lot of these guys, too, know that, like, you know, the the voters for trophies, the people who judge them and talk about them, there there just is more in this market. And it's half the, half the league's hometown, too. Right. Like, everybody comes back here and their grandpa's in the crowd eating Timbits. You know, like, <laughs> oh, we got we to gotta pr- roll Meemaw's out there. We got to go prove it. For- <laughs> so, not to get ahead of ourselves here, but... After the Islanders uh, are looking over their shoulders tonight with Florida and, and Pitt, then you got Florida on Thursday. Like yeah, a couple of good who, matchups who, this week. Who saw that? I, I for one did not. I had Florida, Florida in. dead in the water. Oh, you had them a dead month in, ago. Well, you had them dead in the water. Frankly, a month into the season, we called it, and yes, yeah. we were right. Yeah. And you know they they are finding it here a little bit of. Well, like, are they? They're they're also finding it because, like, everyone's falling. Yeah, around. everybody's like no one is running away with it either. That's the Tiger Woods victory, where you know you don't always have to be the best if everyone's falling down yeah. around you. Kind of like Scotty Scheffler recently, everybody just kind of falling back, and, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll just I'll be just a couple down. I'll and, just keep making birdies." Yeah. Um, 
I think, remember we, used, we were having the conversations about them trading that first round pick and it being like in the Bedard sweepstakes at one point? Like they were way down the standings. That's right, too. Like Forgot they, about that. It was Montreal were, has their pick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were like fifth or sixth worst team in the league at points throughout this year. Yeah, if you're the Habs, you don't love the, the push they're making. I will say that Florida Panthers, the one thing about them is they do have some unique characteristics. They're not like an average team that's sneaking in. They are among the elite offensive teams in the NHL. Like, it's the Oilers. It's, well, I mean, it's basically the yeah, Oilers in should, Florida offensively. Mean, Devils, with- too. Barkov and Matthew Kachuk there, obviously now, but they 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 had some guys that did it last year. So yeah, and that shouldn't shouldn't come at a huge surprise. No, I guess not. You know, they. I'm just looking at like a Sport Logic graph of expected goals for and against. Like Florida grades out pretty darn well. They're still a, a pretty good team offensively, not great defensively, but good offensively. It cer- it certainly happens that helps that you have. Matthew Kachuk is having an unbelievable season. Like they, I feel vindicated saying that they won that trade when it happened. They absolutely won that trade. Getting Kachuk. Yes. Yeah, they, yeah, got, they got like a top 10 guy in the league in that trade. He's Chuck's been excellent. Yeah. Well, he's, his job was to drag him into the fight and he, he did that from day one. What's he got? hundred points this year yet? What's, where's he at? He's, he's high. I would say he's in the 85 point range. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Kachuk has 95 points. Oh, yeah. so 10 fourth, more. Fourth in the NHL. Yeah, that's uh, that's unbelievable. And considering the way he plays, too, that's two more than yeah. Pasternak. He's ahead of McKinnon, Marner, yeah. you know, like some players. That, He's yeah. what, What's he making? Nine and a half. I uh, think I think under 10, but it's considered like... Florida money. Tw- is. It's like 20 million <laughs> in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, got, oh, yeah, so he signed a eight-year, 9.5 contract. He signed it with the Flames. They traded him after they signed it. So he could get the extra year. But, like, that's awesome contract. That contract is never going to look bad. Agreed. That's a great deal. Love yeah. the guy. And and it's like making an extra two. Maybe more. Yeah. In New York. Yeah. I don't know about Toronto anymore. but Cost of living, taxes. For sure. I'm sure. I, yeah, he's loving life. Let's all just right. say that. Well, one of the reasons why they're in is because Pittsburgh is out. So we're going to join Rob Rossi after the break, senior writer for The Athletic based in Pittsburgh. What is going on there? I'm looking. I'm watching the game last night with David Amber, and I see empty seats. I'm like, oh. Problem. Problems. All right. Problems. We'll get into it with Rob after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Back after these words. Get smarter when you listen to Hockey Talk, the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsnet 590, the fan. One of the bigger stories this week is the fact that the Pittsburgh Penguins no longer hold a playoff spot Mm -hmm. in the Eastern Conference. So let's welcome in Rob Rossi, senior hockey writer for The Athletic based in Pittsburgh. Uh, Rob, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? Oh, I'm great, guys. Out here in Denver waiting for practice to start. Nice. Um, Let's start with last night. 2-1 loss to the Ottawa Senators where the Penguins played well enough to win. And if you heard those post-game comments from Coach Sullivan and and Sid, uh, some maybe moral... uh, Victory in, in some capacity there, but are 
are fans buying it or uh, are there real concerns today? There's concern and there's anger. It's um, about a week before the trade deadline, the fan base turned on this management team, especially Ron Hextall. And now that things have kind of gone the way they've gone, uh, there's a lot of anger. I mean, there's a whole generation of Penguin fans that came up with the Sidney Crosby era that don't know anything like this. They've only known sustained success, so I'm not even sure they can be expected to handle it. I mean, they've kind of been living a charmed life, but... Um, I think there's concern in the room, too. I mean, they're down four of their top six defensemen right now. Um, they've not been getting any secondary scoring all year. As I like to tell people, they've, they've basically been playing with six forwards, two defensemen, and no dependable goaltending, which is a tough, tough way to live in the NHL. And now one of those defensemen is hurt with Marcus Pedersen. So, I mean, it's, it's a concern, and they've got a gauntlet here this week. They, they got uh, Colorado tomorrow night. Next night they're in Denver, and then they got the Washington Capitals coming to town Saturday. And even though the Capitals are out of the playoffs right now, that will be a game that the Capitals will have circled. So, how much of this is fans' frustration with management, which happens in all cities? I think when teams are you know supposed to be good and miss the playoffs, versus there could be real change. I know ownership there in Pittsburgh changed. I don't know how involved they would be. What is your sense of if there's potential for real change at the higher positions there with the Penguins? Really good question. It's also a very tough one to answer because it's an ownership group that is different. I mean, this were still the Mario Lemieux-led ownership group. I would say change would be coming. But uh, Fenway Sports Group is, uh, you know, they're they're not really based in Pittsburgh. I think they're still trying to wrap their heads around what it's like to own a hockey team. Um, you know, they've, they've, this is their first full season as owners. Yeah. So, um, but you know, look, missing the playoffs, I think anything but trading Crosby, Malkin and Latang is on the table. Uh, I would think Mike Sullivan is safe because they signed him to a three-year extension and he had two years left coming into this season. But I certainly think you could see a management change. Um, I don't have any intelligence that tells me that's definitely going to happen, but, uh, it sort of feels like when the fan base is this angry, if they would miss the playoffs or they would get in and get their doors blown off, um, you know, you you got to start thinking about what your season ticket holders are going to do too. So, so Rob, where's the dynamic between Brian Burke and Ron Hextall? When I look at this lineup and Brian Burke's been there a few years now, it doesn't really shape up to me as a, a Brian Burke kind of roster through and through. So, um, how how has that worked out between the two of them? I can't really get anybody to tell me what Brian does other than sort of advise. And I mean, you know, Nick, I'm like you. I I look at this roster. I look at the moves they made at the deadline, bringing in Mikel Granlin. That's not a Brian Burke type player. So somebody told me last year at the deadline last season that Hextel's the guy in charge. He's the one dictating everything and calling all the shots. So I got to put this at the feet of Hextall. I think this is his team. This is the way he's built it. It's, it's in his vision. Um, if it's Brian Burke, I'll say this. If it is Brian Burke that has a lot of influence, he's doing things that are not consistent with what he's always done in the NHL. And I think you'll agree with me. Berkey's not really one to change his philosophy on what a winning hockey team looks like. No, I think he's fairly entrenched in his viewpoints about what <laughs> yes, was successful we, we know in the him NHL. Well. So, yeah. 
you know, what is it with the depth scoring that they, you know, like Kapanen they tried and didn't quite take? Like, they just keep trying, guys. I know in the past, guys have played with Crosby and found success. Is it purely injuries? Is it luck? Is it just bad selection of these guys? Why can't they find someone? They're just not good enough at the bottom six. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about what, but I mean, I, with all due respect to these players, their third line last night was Drew O'Connor, Ryan Poling, and Granlund on the wing. And they had Jeff Carter centering a fourth line and it had Josh, Josh Archibald and Danton Heinen on the wings. And that just doesn't measure up. You know, I was in New York last week covering a couple games in Madison Square Garden. And you look at the depth the Rangers have up front compared to what the Penguins have. If you look at the Penguins' depth, I mean, they've got a great top six. It's a fantastic top six. It rivals any top six in the league. Really, it truly does. But they have not been able to fill out the bottom part of the roster, and they haven't been able to really figure out the depth on defense after Chris Letang and Marcus Pedersen, who they tried to trade last summer. So, And I, look, we can, we can talk about that all the time, too. The bottom line is their goaltending hasn't been up to par all season. And I don't know any team that can win when your goaltending is, you know, hovering around the 900 save percentage mark. They're just, they're not good enough in net. The question prior to the season uh, in the off season was on, on, on Malkin and Latang and bringing them back. And if they're too old, they're, between Sid and, and Malkin and Latang, they're, they're the least of the worries here. How, how do you think this is sitting with Sidney, who's still very much in the prime of his career? I don't think this is sitting very well with any of them. They're saying the right things publicly, but I've, you know, I've not every game because I've, you know, missed some over the years, but I've covered every season of those three being together. This is the 17th. And I can tell you that their body language is we're doing everything we can, like help us out. And I think those guys about a week before the deadline, you know, after they got their doors blown off against Edmonton at home, I think those guys, from what I understand, pretty much, planted the flag in the ice and said, look, uh, we're going we're gonna to force, we're going to play well enough to force management to do some things. But I think when management went out and did the things they did, it deflated the room a bit. Um, you know, they were on a seven, one and run one run before this four game losing streak, but it was kind of a mirage. And, uh, you know, speaking specifically to Sid, um, you know, guys, he's so great at, the front-facing public part of this, but the one thing he's never been able to conceal is when he doesn't think he's got a shot, you know, when he mm-hmm. doesn't think that he's on a team that's real competitive. It hasn't happened much to him here. It was his rookie year that that happened. Uh, 16 in a row, correct? 14 season. But it's just not a uh, – it's, it's not something that he's comfortable with. So, you know, in a situation like that, it almost feels like he holds the cards, doesn't he? Like, he's the one saying, like, if he wanted change, if he wanted something different, do you think he has the kind of power to dictate that? And again, maybe the new ownership makes that challenging, but typically a player like that would hold a lot of the cards, wouldn't he? Uh, Well, I don't believe that Hextall wanted to sign, but based off my intelligence, I never believed that Hextall wanted to sign Latang and Malkin. Crosby wanted both of those guys back, and it happened. I mean, he's the most important asset in the organization. He's maybe the most important person in the history of the organization. I say that with respect to Lemieux because Crosby's carrying the team going forward. And, you know, I think ownership is going to include him in decisions. I mean, he doesn't want to leave. He wants to finish his career here. He's repeatedly said that. He'll have two years left on his contract after this season, which means – 
he can put the he can put the uh, pedal to the metal there to the Penguins' ownership, right? He can say, "Look, uh, you got one season to show me you can fix this," which is why I think anything's on the table except the big three being broken up. Which means no one's really safe there, other than the three that you mentioned, including Hextall, Brian Burke, uh, anyone else from top to bottom. Could be me. I don't know. I could be out. <laughs> <laughs> is there a chance that this team has enough with those guys? They get into playoffs. They finish in the first wild card spot. Like, could you see it coming together for this group? Absolutely not. They're just <laughs> too deficient on the bottom six. Uh, their defense is too soft, and they have no goaltending. I mean, I just can't stress that enough. Yeah, they, okay. They just don't have the goaltending to go into a series. And, you know, I mean, Chris, Tristan Jari's been pulled from four of his last 11 starts. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, I mean, I can't see them. Normally I'd like to say yes. And I, and I will, the caveat here is anybody that bets against Crosby doesn't get rich, but (laughs) he's only one man, him, him, Malkin and Latang are only three players. And unfortunately this isn't a video game. They have to take rest during games. Hey, Rob, I'm a big Mike Sullivan fan. I think he's a heck of a coach and he finds ways to squeeze and get results here. Um, where is he in all of this outside of, uh, you know, Sid? I, I got to think that, you know, he's 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 solidified there, is he not? I I believe so. I mean, ownership is really fond of him. Uh, like I said, he had two years left on his deal after this season, and they gave him a three-year extension. Uh, he's one of the higher-paid coaches in the league. He's a Boston guy. The owners are from Boston. Um, I think his track record speaks for itself. He's taken some criticism here in Pittsburgh for some of the ways used people, some of the ways deployed guys like Jeff Carter and Brian Dumoulin. But, you know, at the end of the day, coach could only coach the roster he's had. And the Penguins have been so up against the salary cap all year that he didn't really have a lot of roster maneuverability. And, I, you know, I, I'm probably in the minority here amongst the media in town, but I think if they would somehow – get this team into the playoffs short of winning the cups, it would be the crowning achievement of Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and Sullivan, because it would almost be purely on the strength of leadership of those four. We're talking to Rob Rossi, who covers the Pittsburgh Penguins for the athletic. One more for me, uh, Rob, before I let you go. And that's empty seats. Did I, did I see that correctly? It was my T TV, uh, out of focus here. Uh, like the overall vibe right now, yes, there's pissed off fans, but are there some that are, uh, you know, is there a- apathy setting in? I don't think there's apathy. Um, that was a tough game because they had had a five-game homestand the week before, and then that game got planted in the, in the middle of two games in New York and two games in uh, uh, Dallas and Denver, which, you know, you know how that works. Sometimes you play a weird home game on a Monday night. Ottawa's not a huge draw. Um, you know, they're still averaging about 17.5, around se- between 17.5 and 1,800. Um, that's not capacity, but this isn't the biggest market in the world. I think the fact that their fans are still so angry is a good sign, but I think that's something ownership has to consider. W- will they turn apathetic? Um, most of the season, this wasn't the case Monday night, but most of the season, the empty seats have been in the uh, sort of people that paid the pr- for the price of your seats and didn't show up. Um, th- that was not the case last night. They just didn't sell those seats. And again, that's why I think ownership's going to have to take a hard look at this because when you have a fan base that has 
on multiple occasions showed up to chant fire the GM um, by name. Um, that's not exactly what you want when you're sending out season ticket renewals. No doubt about that. Hey, Rob, really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Talk soon. Yeah, yeah thanks Rob so much. Rossi, senior writer with The Athletic based out of the Pitts- Pittsburgh area. And uh, Sammy, 16 Boy, that's in a row. Bleak. I, I I just can't get over the uh, the question. Like, could they come together? Yeah. They got Crosby, no, Malkin. No, then, no. no, it can't come together. <laughs> <laughs> They've made the playoffs sixteen years in a row, have they not? Uh, I think it was since after Sid's rookie year. Right? I'm just looking it up right now. But I so think Sid's right. yeah. eighteen. Years. This is his eighteenth year. He missed the first year. Sixteen successful in between. Adds up. It's pretty good. It is a pretty good run. If I recall, the two longest records in the NHL recently. I think the Red Wings. What were they? Like 25, yeah, 20, they were something up there. wild. And the, the Blues were way up there, too. When they won their cup, they were at, like, their 17th year or something like that. So, Which, when you consider there's 32 teams in and only 16, it's, like, a big accomplishment. Oh, my God. To be the top part of half of the league for every year of a multi-decade career, it's unbelievable. It truly is. I, You know, that's a – I think it's a huge – obvious point of pride for Sid. Oh, yeah. This is big for him to get in, I think. Like, even if they get in and get their doors blown off, but just to be able to say you made the playoffs. And I, listen. Sid's never in just to be Sammy-like and want to win a first round. No, I know he's not. But, like, in the back of his mind, you give him the true serum. He'd rather be in there and have a tough first-round series and not be in there at all. I think he knows his team's not very good. He has to know. He knows that he's a very, very smart hockey player. He knows that his team stinks. There's no doubt. Just so hard when you have a good top six to believe that you can't win. Like, they're going to play the death out of him and whoever, you know, that group up against. You get the first wild card spot and it's Carolina or it's Jersey. It's a lot different than if it's Boston. Yeah. Boston's uh, mopping them. Mulkin's been good, too. Yeah, I watched him point last per, night. Point a, per game. There, he's over a point per game this year. Yeah, he's points been really in good. Games. He's lived up to yeah. uh, wanting to come back and get paid. Yeah, the he, he you know peak Malkin to me is as good as a hockey player can look. So. It's close. I think he, that's as close to like Mario in our generation with like just the the big Long, guy strides. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, loved him. Yeah, and it's uh, you know competitive. Listen to Rob talk about Grandland, who they picked up at the trade deadline, yeah. uh, being <laughs> un-Brian Burkish. Yeah. Right? dynamic's weird. So there's no question that this is all on Ron Hextall. Interesting quote about Berkey, eh? Like, you know, like, the role of president is has never been meant to be co-GM, right? Like, the idea. Oh, and typically, it hasn't. Brendan Shanahan would be very involved with Kyle Dubas. But I think this wow. is a new thing in the last, like, 10 years where you have presidents that are, like, looking over the GM shoulder and be like, what, what are you doing there? Yeah. Gun to your head, who's the GM of the Colorado Avalanche? Well, you got Sackick, and it's, I don't know the Farland. name of the guy. Yeah, but it's not Farland. it's not Joe Sackick. Right. Right? I mean, you see it here in Toronto with Masai Ujiri and poor Bobby Webster. Everyone's like, oh, Masai. It's like, I'm Bobby's like, I'm yeah, the GM. I make the trades. I'm the one who makes the dumb it's, trades. It's yeah. me. It's not like Brendan, I'm sure, is following around Kyle Dubas all day. Like, Brendan, as a president, would be involved in, like, a ton of other 
things well, besides rosters. When you're the president season, of a billion-dollar organization. Season tickets yes. and marketing yes. and alumni and all of it. Charitable events uh, and music. Y- well, yeah, I mean, everything, though. But this is, I imagine, as it gets away from the GM, the president feels a little bit more... Yes. Yeah, you know, it's like a parent when your kid's acting up and all of a sudden you're like, what are you yeah. doing now? Oh, listen, like, the, yeah. the trade deadline had Brendan Shanahan's fingerprints all over it. Come on. Yeah. Of course it did. So, but was the, were the Penguins the ones that were going to trade for JT Miller? And yes. They, 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 they supposedly had inquired. Hey, weren't they going to offer a couple of picks? But yeah, can't fit it in. Them? They're in jail with are the they? salary cap. Yeah, I don't. You're think not it's getting pretty. in his eight million. Heinen, Paling, O'Connor, Oof. Archibald, Granlund, Clean. So the, their D pairs right now are Pierre Oliver Joseph and Chris Letang, Brian Dumoulin and Chad Ruidel, Mark Friedman and Taylor Fedun. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <Whomst>? So it's, <laughs> correct. It's uh, it's hard to pinpoint exactly. Uh, what responsibilities come with that title in in uh, I think it a presidency organization. like LA LA I would see Luke Robitaille having a a real firm grasp on decisions that Rob Blake's made and by the way they've been pretty good lately <laughs> couldn't tell you which one's the Blake's the president and nope. Robitaille's the GM other way around Robitaille's the president. the president sure Blake yep I knew that. Sure. Yeah. Also, one of the you best radio early, eh? <laughs> You put the kids to bed, and then you go to bed right yeah, after. One of the one of the all time great interviews on Real Kipper and Born. Robitaille. Was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. With his draft year. Yeah, one of the best all time. Uh, you want to go back and revisit the Edmonton game? <clears throat> I do. Yeah, I, yeah. I watched a lot I, of that. I want to go night. back and talk about two defensemen, but first, Eric Carlson. Yeah, he was really uh, a lot of things. Yes, <laughs> entertaining. Is the biggest one I could think of. He is He's breathtaking. So good. He's so good. And but and you know, there is an element. It's crazy. Like I am a member of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, and I vote on the major trophies. I will be voting on the Norris Trophy this year, as I have for I don't know ten years, whatever it's been. And Carlson gives me fits because his team is crap. And you do tend to play different on a crappy team. Well, the wins are less important. And so last night in overtime, he makes the dumbest decision where the puck's in the corner. He's the last guy back. Nurse is leaving the zone. And he turns in to the offensive zone like, he maybe I'll get the puck here. And it's less than a 50-50 battle. It's like a 30-70 battle. Edmonton gets the puck. They go the other way and they score. And okay. It doesn't matter for to San Jose. They don't care. They're not trying to win anyway. But... It's so tough to vote for a guy who doesn't care about that. He was on that. the ice all night. He's exhausted. He scored twice. He scored the most unbelievable fake shot. Oh, the fake deke. slapper? Oh. oh, my Lord. It's just yeah. what he's doing is not like you want to vote for the guy who helps I his said, team win. He scores 100 points. I, I said a month and a half ago, I don't think. He should win the Norris based on the fact that his team's just been out since October. Yeah, I'm not that guy. Like I and I, I'm I'm changing. I watched him last night. And now you think he should win the Norris? I'm changing my mind. I think. I mean, good I'm, Lord, I'm leaning is towards he... him. 
listen, you're, you're, you're playing against another desperate team in Edmonton, and you're playing against two of the best players on the planet, and you can still look like that. It's something to be said about being the best defenseman over the course of he 82 games. He has 11 games. Right now, he's at 1.23 points per game. He has 11 yeah. games left, so call it 15 yeah. points. That would leave him with 102 fi- points. And his five-on-five five numbers are really good, too. Yeah, like he's uh, just looking at it right Even strength here, points, he is first. Oh, he is, sorry, he is 66th even strength points. And isn't it McDavid at like, I don't know, he's not that far past him. Anyway. Uh, he, sorry, just looking at it right here. Connor McDavid has 69, nice, even strength points. And Eric Carlson has 66. You have three fewer points than the greatest player and on Earth's three, prime season. And he's three up on Kachuk, uh, four up on Nathan McKinnon. And he's five 23 up on, up on, the, 23 up on the next best D-man. So it's blinding to me. It's like he is unbelievable. He's Kale McCarr all over again. You know who's having a soup? Just does not care about defense. Well, and it it's like they stink. I know they're so bad, San Jose. So he's incentivized to take that chance because they'd rather get a high pick anyway. Yeah, listen, it's like watching a guy saying he should be the MVP, and you're like one of the worst teams in the league. It's like I can be one of the worst teams in the league without you, <laughs> right? I can easily yeah. stink as bad as we stink now. Call yeah. that the Mike Trout syndrome. Listen. I'm gonna vote for him. You I think know, I think I have to. Yeah, vote for him. listen, I I I get it. Like Adam Fox, the thing, Kale the, McCarr, the Quinn underrated Hughes. the underrated season to me, and I see the Canucks guys always talking about it is Quinn Hughes. Yeah, I'm really torn on it. He's playing 25 minutes a night. He's a plus 16, 65 points in 65 He's games. Awesome in on every the, direction. They're horrible. I know. They're just as horrible as the Sharks are. Well, maybe it's, not. It's funny. He's plus 16. Carlson's year. minus 14. Every year. Mm. This time of year. Mm. There's always some team that just looks lights out. And it's the Canucks this year. It's always the Canucks, by the way, and every guess, year. And good, <laughs> good one, guys. There's only the you know the next Connor McDavid in the draft that's from your town that wants to play for you that you <laughs> fired your coach and got good for no goddamn reason. <laughs> that was smart. You idiots. That was really smart. Uh, uh, looks tough now. You mentioned goaltending for Edmonton mm. Skinner. So it's, it's Skinner's right. It's, oh, it, it's, it's Skinner. So Campbell's deal was five times five. This is year one. Yeah, my. Real Kipper and Bourne prediction is that he doesn't finish that contract. On the Oilers, anyway. And whoever pays him in the last year is not paying for the whole Bakersfield? ticket. Is this where he's going to finish it? I just, I mean, I, I you watched that game last night. He gave up four, but he had three called back, two or three mm-hmm. called back that went through him. He gets small. He was awful. He was just awful last night. And it's just, it's not getting better. I, I'm, you guys know how much pride and enjoyment, which is sad. I understand that, but I don't have a lot as a Leaf fan. I took in the earlier in the season when he was getting lit up. Yeah. Yes. I feel, feel not awful. Of, I yes. feel not of that anymore. Should, I know. You should feel shame. <laughs> no. I, no, I just, I feel so bad for the man. He's the richest man ever too. that I feel bad for. He just is not good. And you know what? After watching him from December on in Toronto, now we're 15 months later and he hasn't been good for two weeks since. But you mentioned the five-year deal. Like, if you're in this predicament this time next year, mm. you don't, you can't let a guy just 
just hang in there until you get to year four to to decide to or trade half of it or like oh my god you may have to make some tough decisions as early as next year if if he cannot turn this thing around but you just don't want to pay your backup five mil look at his and again really like the guy and so i don't want this to be personal he's just He's been really bad. His, Never personal. So no, no, I know. His, no, I know. His goals against in the last seven games, three, four, four, six, four, six, four. And this is like him finding it, like, you know, after an earlier stretch. I don't he know. He did what, have a good stretch. He did have a decent stretch where he was above 900 for four or five straight can games. Can you get Jay Woodcroft to say he's great and don't worry about the numbers? <laughs> you know, the numbers may not look great, yeah. but I thought he was great. His 714 save percentage on February 25th against Columbus. It looks bad. Yeah, I know the numbers don't look good. Just one more thought on this game, and you mentioned it already, the the, the, disallowed, the disallowed goals. And I, I'm not talking about even if they're legit or not. I'm just saying that like, I, I'm so tired of now feeling like a goal is never a goal. Yeah. I know. And I we have that. to wait and wait and wait. And the video... The whole thing on the video was for egregious calls. Mm-hmm. And we are watching like a splinter of an offside. Yeah. And I'm just like, can we do something about it? Like, if we went back in history and we took away all the goals that were offside by a whisker. Yeah. We're talking about thousands of goals. Oh, yeah. I would love to go back. And we should thousands. Do that. That's a project, boys, this weekend. Okay. I'll, I'll do it while like, I'm in Arizona. Yeah, watch okay. hundreds of clinching goals in the, in the playoffs and it's see what not, happens. Bobby Nice from the Islanders supposed, Cup winner. It's not supposed to be within a hair offside or not. Yeah. And I know that we are all are about now, hey, just get the call right. Yeah. Right? It's black and white. Right wrong there's only one way to go about this do you want to hear the most insane stat of the season i think you do oh i'd love to zach hyman has seven disallowed goals this year seven seven to go with his he scored he scored seven goals have been disallowed have been called back that aren't currently on his stats wow that is mind-blowing i'm gonna throw something out you guys okay i'm not asking the league to change any rules at all Keep everything the way it is, okay. except for one difference. Mm. Okay, the video nerds, yeah, we all get are not allowed to call into the bench. No beaner. You want to call? You want to call it? You call it from the bench. You know, I took great pride as a player to call like offsides. I was the guy. Oh, you're that the worst. You're up. the worst guy on the bench. I would, I would stand up and I would call an official's offside or not. <laughs> I love that. Okay. <laughs> and even if they're not, it puts them in they, their brain. They were so pissed off at me by yeah. the end of the game. It's like, I, I called three of them, man. You missed. <laughs> but <laughs> Thanks for your help. Like, you, you call it. Yeah. You know what's happening now is every time the video guys come in, it, it, the technology now, they know it's done. Yeah. If they're calling it. It's no goal. It's the Hawkeye system, right? right? Every time they get scored on, you look at so the entry in the play. It's l- part of the job. That equation. You you guys want to call 
You think it's offside? You call it on your bench. You got seven people there. You know you what got, I think? You got videos already there. Have a quick look. Call it from your bench. Do not have anybody Hawkeye this thing. How about this? Love it. And I think we should do away with all screens on the bench. No, no iPad. That'd be fine. No, like the coach has a screen to watch a replay or whatever. Get rid coach of those the hockey two. game. Uh, I'm with you. Well, I'm no, a dinosaur. What about, what about <laughs> the big ass screen at every rink in the world? The jumbo truck. How about you just look at that one? Yeah, I mean, if you, I, I guess there's that opportunity to glance up and try to catch something still, but. You know, part of it is like, you know, them dragging their feet before lining up for a draw to give the video coach time to get a couple of views. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's just, I agree. Last Real night. Real time, last make night, the decision. What'd you think? Here, yeah, last night, I'm really enjoying Eric Carlson and, you know. That, and the Matias Ekholm show, which we're going to talk about yeah, next. Yeah, but, and then you've got to like, oh, oh, all right. But to me, here. this is the NFL now. Where literally every play, you're like, oh, it's complete downfield. Let's find out if that was actually a play or not a play. I hate that. It's every play. No, it's true. Sucks. I hate that. I really do hate that. And it's, I do have that Every feeling. deep ball, it's like half of them not even trying to catch, just trying and to draw a flag. I do, adm- I will admit that when I'm watching a Leafs game, like a big goal, the like, first, to the first that? thought that like crosses my mind is, nice, they scored. But, like, well, I, that... I don't well, think as a league, it. as a league, I don't think that's what you want. No, you want fans to have the climax, like you joy. Know? Yeah, enjoy the moment. Yes. Not like was that oh. good? Did we do good? Are we allowed to think that's good? Boys. So the app that I built, like helped build. Did you know you built it? I built it. What you own? So <laughs> when when a team scores, our app gives points away. Wow. But then it gets called back, and I'm I'm talking to our our geeky tech guy. I'm like. Get those points back. Pull the back. points back. He's like, no, oh, no, they're, they're gone. gone. They're gone. Like, Get them back. We can't give away free currency. Get them back. We didn't invent that. Uh, so well, here, before we get to Ekholm, if Matt Duchesne never goes offside, that crazy play. Butterfly yes. effect. We're not would, in this mess. Would this ever have happened? I don't know, but that play is still one of the most bizarre ones it is. ever. He just takes it and what he, pots it upstairs. I, before that play, I didn't even know what the word egregious was. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason like I to had to our, look our it up show's in the dictionary. newest sponsor, both Merriam and Webster. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I, I honestly don't know if we'd be here. It's weird. That's a, yeah, it's a funny. So, you mentioned what if. you mentioned Ekholm. Oh boy, he's pretty good. Pretty good. Takes one of the house on his back end and puts it through. But he he's like Rhymer. He's like Game of Thrones good. He changed he changed their whole team. Pretty, he's, he's the mountain. Pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty good. <laughs> he's just got that look on his face. You're like, that guy would one suck guy to play against. Changes yeah. a changed, ton. Changed the Oilers a great deal. I still am, like, a little bit disheartened by what the Oilers... Like, I've been talking up the Oilers for a long time here and really kind of... They're 19 and 5 and 5, you said, didn't you? What? Oilers? Record? 19, 5 and 5? Yeah, what what last, are we talking about? Their last 20... Oh, I don't know. I didn't 20, mean to say oh, that if I did. Did oh, you say I, that? No, I didn't say it. I don't, I don't know. know. What are they? They're, they're really good, though. Are they? Okay, that's so good. So why are you disappointed not talking them up? They they, they were crumbs last night. They weren't, oh, they weren't okay. any good. All right. They can't be no, great, everyone. Well, we never get the what least. What is their that? record? The last <laughs> I was just going to say, can we get the least? Are they least one that? of the better teams? In what? Their division? They're, they're in third in their division. They're still chasing. With their record. All right. Let's find out. I'll get you answers here, Kevin. The Oilers are 8-2-0 eight, two, eight, two oh in their last 10. Four straight wins. And 20? 
I don't know. We don't know that. That, that, that one's unavailable on Entry.com. Math is They're good. Me. They're good. Okay. They're good. So okay. I, I just thought last night they looked really dicey against the, the San Jose Sharks. Okay. Um, Kadri, I mentioned, David Amber mentioned it uh, listening to our show yesterday. 12 minutes the other night. 12 minutes last night. 12 no minutes points. last night again. 12, not much more than 12. Yeah. And there is some speculation him and Daryl maybe not seeing eye to eye. There's some speculation blank in Daryl not seeing eye to eye. Like who is is his advocate there? Is it is Tree Living in him close enough that Yeah, Kadri played twelve thirty five last night. He's a dash two. Ugh. Well, everyone was dashing. Oh, yeah, they lost eight two. Yeah. Yeah. Great effort, by the way, Flames. Yeah, like you're, you're not out of it. But I know that's the thing. You talk about like, oh, the Oilers might have to make a decision on Campbell sooner. It's like I know Sutter has this deal, but like I have not spoken to anyone near that organization who hasn't said that things are an issue with him. So yeah, do you there's, have, well, you there's have a to lot make of it. unhappy guys there for sure. Last night put them in the red for the first time in goal differential, minus one on the season. Like at some point, you know, it's, he's – the guy, he's a classic short shelf life guy. He is. We, we talk he about gets this. a burst out of his group, and then he can't sustain it. We talk about this all the time. Him, Torts, was like that forever, where he'd go somewhere and they'd get the immediate kick. You know, it's just, it's really, I would, you'd hate playing for him. Yeah. Does, you'd hate it. Does not sound like guys are having and, a, and when you're, a waste of He fully days. loves him. Oh, yeah. Well, he plays him, what, does he play him 18 minutes a night? Yeah. Won the cup together. Like, like I said yesterday, if you played on the... 2012 Kings, you're getting nice time. Yeah. Look out, Jared Stoll's going to come play on the <laughs> third line for him. Yeah, yeah no, it's uh, that that seems like a frustrating situation. Winnipeg's frustrating too. You know, they they can't really get any traction. So, But who's going to catch them? Well, the, it's the Flames and Nashville behind them. Exactly. Nashville, so no- Nashville's got the best winning percentage, you know, better than Calgary. God. They got smoked. Earlier, they yeah. lost by a touchdown yeah. to the Rangers. Yeah, when they put they're, in. So yeah, they're a bad team. So, can the Leafs just go back to the old days and get back into the West next year? Wouldn't that be awful? <laughs> no, just all those starting times. Yeah, they'd love that travel. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure they'd eaten sushi on their private jet. They'd be crying. <laughs> How good do we think LA is after watching them last night? Really good. Yeah, they're Sleep. good. I, I think I wouldn't. You know, I don't think they'll necessarily win the Stanley Cup, but if you're out there looking for a value pick to to put a couple of your hard-earned shekels on, I wouldn't be opposed to it. All right, so you got... I don't think they're going to win, but necessarily... This Pacific Division's tight. You got L.A. over uh, Edmonton in the first round. Well, I, don't, I would not bet against it. Right honestly. now, Vegas has 92 points. L.A. has 92 points. Edmonton has 88 points. All three teams have 11 to 12 games each. McDavid... Oh, sorry. Vegas ain't winning the division. No. They're the worst of those three teams. And McDavid's just overwhelming. So it's hard to pick anyone in a seven-game series over McDavid because it's just... This is the years. These are the years for McDavid, like Sid, like the greats of their time, where you they get pull them through. You get one. Where it's, yeah, if it goes seven, it's McDavid has a moment, like Crosby's golden goal. He, he finds a moment. You just no, wait until he gets to Toronto for his. Who? Pardon? Oh, I was just going to say, <laughs> I'm, I'm still on L.A., sorry. No, um, it's all good. You know, he's still really, really good. Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. Yep. He's his team. He's McDavid for them. He's yeah. that good. Just so he's Bergeron. 
it's it's he's Patrice Bergeron in black and silver. And he's Kempe all scores every time I watch a highlight or he's scoring. Yeah, he's a talented player. And Ophiala, he's hurt. Is he hurt? Yeah. He's been out of the lineup, I think, for half a dozen games. And he's good too. He gave them a different look. And you know who's sneaky good too is that Arvidsson. Yeah, yeah, he's always been the good Kings, in the playoffs too. The Kings are going to finish like eighth in the NHL for like five years and never win a cup. This version of the Kings. That's my my hot take of the day. Oh wow, they're not they're not going to win a cup. Okay, <laughs> not anytime soon. No, I got a bunch of good players. They don't have enough. These guys. They don't have Matthews, Marner. There's a great... Tavares, Nylander, Ryan O'Reilly, McJesus, that guy too. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's wide open. All right. I like the Kings. You do? Not to win the cup, but I like them a lot. All right. Just like that. Sammy, go to Arizona. Our thanks to Butch Goring, David Amber, Rob Rossi. Sammy, what time is your flight? 9.25 tomorrow morning. What time is your tea time? 2 p.m. Arizona time. Where are you playing? Uh, Get the name. Hey, no no pictures, eh? Don't. Don't I, be that TikTok guy. You're I know, him, I know, Sammy. I know. Listen, I want the pictures. I want to live like I'll, I'll send one them. or two. I want them. Nothing over the top. Okay, enjoy the game tonight, Toronto and the Islanders. Get a chance. Give us a rating and review. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow.